Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Listen here to me. Uh, you're you're still um, very concerned, as are a lot of people. The U.S. military uh, craft aircraft they're still flying in and out of Shannon. Um, it's it's quite a while ago now since you really took up this as as a a major uh, issue of concern yourself and your colleague Claire Daly. How many years ago is that since you were you were um, arrested on the fringe of Shannon Airport? Um, I think it was twenty twenty fourteen. I think from my memory, um, but um, obviously, and then there was a, there was a court case that went on for three days. That's um, nice. And uh, we actually highlighted very much that um, what Ireland was doing was uh, a breach of international law and that uh, it was also a breach of our own uh, notion of neutrality. Uh, but that's debatable. It's just a neutral Ireland are at this stage, uh, given that we have been very much complicit in a lot of the destruction that the U.S. military have, have caused in other countries, main, mainly with countries with predominantly Muslim populations and uh, obviously uh, everyone in Ireland uh, will be very much aware and saw uh, the end of their American involvement in Afghanistan and the European nations under NATO and uh, what an absolute disaster the 20 years was and uh, it was such a senseless war and uh, it was very sad that Ireland uh, were part of it by allowing Shannon to be used as a military base uh, to cause so much destruction. It's really sad. What is your opinion on the the method of withdrawal by the Biden administration? Well, the Americans should never went in there in the first place. The Americans, uh, in in 2001, the Americans decided to bomb Afghanistan uh, in in response to 9-11. But there was no Afghans Involved, there was 19 people uh, found to have organised uh, the attack on, on New York 9/11, and uh, none of them were from Afghanistan. 16 of them were from Saudi Arabia. 16 of the 19, but we, they decided to bomb Afghanistan instead because Saudi Arabia was their friend and they were buying oil from them. So it was a mad war in the first place, and. Uh, American soldiers and uh, some of the senior soldiers have admitted that uh, whatever about going in in the first place, uh, they should never have stayed more than about six months because the, the Taliban uh, were uh, literally run out of the place in a very short space of time because they weren't particularly strong. The Taliban were in power in 2001 and the Americans uh, were blaming them for being connected to 9-11, but in actual fact, 9-11. Bin Laden was obviously uh, in the region, uh, even though he was actually more in Pakistan, uh, another friend of America's, uh, rather than Afghanistan most of the time, and Pakistanis actually sheltered him. Uh, So it was all a bit mad. There was no sense to it. The Europeans were involved. They claimed that they were nation-building, but in actual fact, all the money uh, that... The Americans spent over $2 trillion in the 20 years in Afghanistan, $2.26 trillion. But over $2 trillion of it went to U.S. private contractors. So it was actually, uh, the war was used by the Americans as a way of giving U.S. taxpayers money to the private uh, military industrial complex. And here's the crazy thing about it. They left billions of dollars worth of military hardware, including aircraft, behind on Afghan soil. Yeah, I mean, there was just no logic to it at all. Uh, it was such 
I mean, listen, war doesn't make sense anyway. I mean, peace makes sense, war doesn't. And uh, But unfortunately now, uh, leaving that equipment behind wouldn't have bothered the Americans a whole lot because, uh, as I said, they used the war as a way of uh, funneling money to their own to the private contractors, uh, so they would have got paid for their stuff. And obviously, the, the ones footing the bill were the, the U.S. taxpayer, where 60 million people are at risk of poverty. Uh, it would make an awful lot more sense for them to actually deal with their problems at home and look after their own citizens instead of uh, spending so much money promoting the arms industry, which is what's really happening. I'm trying to remember back on Donald Trump's approach because Donald Trump also uh, acknowledged his intention to pull out. Of Afghanistan, but his his withdrawal um, period would have been much more protracted. Am I right in saying that? Well, uh, I mean, Trump actually wanted to get out of Afghanistan earlier, and he was opposed by the military, the military complex uh, in the Pentagon and, and other places in America. And uh, he was struggling to get out of it. But, I mean, the talks with the Taliban that went on in Doha that were set up between the Americans and the Taliban uh, were set up by Trump. And so the withdrawal was going to happen in 2021 anyway. Uh, It was just that people thought that Biden would actually delay it and that maybe he wouldn't withdraw at all. Maybe he'd leave some people there. But, uh, I mean, I I don't think the, the... Biden wasn't wrong to withdraw. And uh, people say that uh, it was a crazy withdrawal from uh, from the American perspective. That's actually debatable. The, the Americans moved out nearly 100,000 people in about 10 days, right? It was actually very well organized by the U.S. in terms of getting their people out. and But the, the Europeans, they were actually the ones that were really sore because... The manner in which the Americans withdrew and more or less said we were never, Biden said we were never a nation building anyway. He actually exposed the European involvement. He exposed the fact that the war was a 20 year lie. And he exposed the fact that the Europeans were pretending that the war was worthwhile and that it made sense and they were doing good there. They were pretending to be doing so much for women's rights. But in actual fact, all the evidence shows now that the, the plight of women only uh, improved in Kabul, the capital, and did not improve in the countryside. And and it is terrible. I mean, there's millions of people have had to leave the country, and there's hundreds of thousands have been killed, all for nothing. It was just crazy. And uh, the, the big losers are obviously the people. Well, I, that was my next question. In your view, what now for the Afghan citizens? Oh, Lord, it is such... Uh, I mean, the Taliban are in power now. I mean, listen, the Taliban, uh, they're, they're not nice uh, individuals, and uh, they're not going to be nice uh, to a lot of the people, and uh, uh, it's, going to be, it's going to be very tough in Afghanistan for a long time. And now the fact that the Europeans and the Americans uh, are, are, sanct- are putting sanctions in place... Uh, That's only going to bring uh, further hardship. Well, sanctions only bring hardship on the ordinary people. Yes. They don't bring hardship on the people that run the place. It's the same. Uh, uh, we have the, the, the EU and US have terrible sanctions in place in Syria at, at the moment. They, they don't bother uh, Assad. Assad is living very comfortably uh, in, in his palace. So, right? in an ideal and, world, uh, what needs to be done? Well, sanctions should be illegal. Sanctions are illegal, right? Sanctions are illegal according to the UN Charter. Uh, 
uh, unless sanctioned by the UN Security Council. And practically none of the sanctions... America has sanctions against 40 countries in the world today. And uh, they're all illegal. They're, they're a breach of international law. It's, it's become a form of warfare. It's a, they're, they're actually designed to punish the people so that the people would look for regime change so that the Americans would get someone of their uh, favorites into power instead of the people that are there that are refusing to allow the Americans to do business in the place. That's what it's all about. All about the money. We we began by talking about the military aircraft in in, in Shannon. Is do you see that changing any time soon under the Biden administration? Well, it isn't for Biden. Biden won't stop it because uh, Biden isn't going to um, stop funding the arms industry. Uh, it's not what the, I mean. The behavior of the Democrats and the Republicans in in America uh, is very similar, and I, do, I don't really see much difference between them anymore. Uh, I mean, if if Shannon is to be stopped to use, being used as a U.S. military base, uh, it's for the Irish government to do so. But unfortunately, for the last 20 years, being a fall party, being a Gale, Labour, the Greens, all, none of them have had any problem with Shannon being used as a military base. And I don't know if you remember, but after our court case in 2015, uh, down in Shannon, in Ennis, uh, but... Uh, after our court case, we actually did a Red Sea poll uh, on how Shannon, uh, uh, whether the Irish people were in favour of, Sh- of Shannon being used as a US military base or not. And there was a clear 59% came out, sorry, I tell a lie, 57% came out clearly in favour. No, we were not in favour of Shannon being used by the US military. But successive governments have continued to ignore uh, the will of the Irish people. The Irish people are not a, a, a warmongering nation. The Irish people like the idea of peace. But how does this and, sit with uh, how does this sit with our neutrality? How long can we how long can we continue with this neutrality, which some people see as a complete nonsense? It is a nonsense, right? Because I mean, we're taking sides in war. And Bertie Ahern made it very clear in two thousand and three when all the, the uh, the practice was about would we would we uh, allow the Americans that time who were threatening to invade Iraq uh, uh, in 2002 2003, and there was a debate in the Dáil about would they, would Shannon be allowed to be used for the war effort that was going to take place, and of course as we, everyone knows now that the war was based on the lie uh, of uh, weapons of mass destruction, chemical weapons being. Uh, uh, being in Iraq that uh, Saddam Hussein had, which actually didn't exist. And the UN had sent in inspectors uh, looking for them and found that they weren't there, but Blair and Bush had other plans. And unfortunately, Bertie Ahern said in 2003, they're either with us or against us, and we're with them. And he made it very clear that Ireland was taking the side of the Americans uh, in their war efforts. Okay, I want, very sad. I want to look for a few minutes at our own domestic um, politics here. But um, in terms of, back to the Americans for a second, their military might, their, their, their hundreds of military bases all over the world, they are one of the biggest users of fossil fuels when we talk about the environment. Yeah. Uh, the Americans have over 800 military bases worldwide. And uh, I actually spoke in the Parliament only uh, last week on, on the subject uh, because we were debating uh, the 
new targets for uh, doing away with the fossil fuel use in vehicles. Right? And I asked, are the military going to be incorporated into this? Not, not just the U.S. military, but all military. And they actually agreed that the military had been left out of every single environment agreement in the last 20 years. And they're the biggest, among the biggest impactors. And the one, the worst impact. In fact, the, the, the single biggest uh, polluter in the world and biggest user of fossil fuel is the U.S. military. And I pointed out that we were talking about getting people uh, to stop using fossil fuel in cars. But if a, a B-52 U.S. bomber, which is not a big plane, right, but a B-52 bomber, bomber if it flies in the air for one hour, it uses the same fossil fuel as a car going continuously for seven years. One car okay. going for seven years. Let's very quickly look to the, uh, the home political scene. I want to, I want to talk very f- for a few minutes about IFA and CAP and so on. First of all, very much in the news this morning, the corporate tax rate, we're going to 15%. We fought it for long enough. It was inevitable that it was going to, to happen. What are your thoughts? Well, first of all, as Pascal said this week, uh, it's only going to apply to a small number of companies uh, that are above a significant threshold of turnover and value. So he said the vast majority of companies will not be impacted. Now, that's one point. Secondly, right, what we're talking about is large U.S. corporations working in Ireland paying very little tax. Now, our tax rate was 12.5%, but in actual fact, the average tax rate that's been paid by U.S. multinationals in Ireland is less than 4%, because Ireland has allowed so many loopholes. And people probably were probably reading about uh, the Pandora Papers this week, and also, we actually had, uh, we've been speaking this week in the plenary in Strasbourg, where I still am, about uh, the EU list of non-cooperative tax jurisdictions, right? And I mean, it's actually, the, the, there's such a blind eye being turned to what's going on around tax, right? And in, in particular in places like Ireland, and there's, there's a tax justice network, which is one of the biggest organizations in Europe uh, that's... Uh, do assessments on tax. They said that they said only lately that tax evasion in Ireland costs other countries thirteen point five five billion a year in lost revenues, and it ranks Ireland as the ninth worst offender in the world in terms of tax loss inflicted on other countries. What that means is that our tax policies, where we are allowing. Uh, Large American corporations pay overall tax because we facilitate it, and we're actually robbing the global South blind. We are enshrining okay. poverty in the global South very quickly uh, by our our actions. I have to move to to cap reform and the farmers here in the southeast. It's a source of serious annoyance. And on cap, Alice, the Wexford from the Wexford IFA, is listening to you. She's she's talking about you're know, giving out about America and how they should mind their own people. You voted, according to Alice, against cap uh, against the farmers in in his own constituency. What have you got to say to that? Uh, I voted against a cap that will do nothing for most of the majority of farmers in Ireland. And I wanted a better cap that would protect farmers in Ireland. A a cap that would protect small farms and medium-sized farms. What we have had for a long time 
from in Ireland, from the successive Irish governments, from the Department of Agriculture, and from EU policy, is we have had the promotion of big dairy and big beef at the expense of the small farmers in Ireland. Do you do people realise that since 1970, Ireland has lost about 140,000 family farms? They're being gobbled up by the big dairy buyers, mostly, right? So the present policies are doing nothing for the, for the average small farmer in Ireland. And I'm fighting for the small farmer and the medium-sized farmer. I'm not fighting for the big buy who doesn't need my help. I'm fighting for fairness. And I voted against a cap that is going to do nothing for the ordinary farmers of Europe. Thank you very much indeed. That was MEP Mick Wallace. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix.